You're listening to The Dworkin Report. I'm your host, Scott Dworkin. Today on the show, former Republican Congressman David Jolly. The congressman is an MSNBC contributor. His common sense commentary is a welcome relief from what's going on in his former party's blind obedience to Donald Trump. This week, Jolly announced that he is voting for Florida's exciting Democratic nominee for governor, Andrew Gillum. In this interview, we discuss Florida's complex politics and environmental concerns and even touched on his predictions for what's going to happen with Special Counsel Mueller's investigation. America needs more politicians like the congressman who put country over party and call it like they see it. Take a listen to my interview with former Republican Congressman David Jolly. Uh, Florida is always an important swing state in national elections, and with 27 congressional seats, it holds one out of every 16 votes in the House. Lots of legislative trends start in Florida state capitol and travel outward from there. That's why we wanted to get your perspective on Florida statewide races. Congressman David Jolly, how are you today? Doing great. Great to be with you. Well, you're you're a uh, former GOP congressman from Florida, and you've been adamant on MSNBC and elsewhere that we need a, a Congress that will check the president. So please tell our listeners why you decided to cast your vote for Democratic nominee Andrew Gillum in this year's Florida gubernatorial race. Sure. So to the first part of that question, it was over a year ago, probably, when I first said as a Republican uh, that I believe Democrats should take one or two both chambers on Capitol Hill, specifically because I think we would be safer politically and in a more stable environment if we had divided government. Uh, I was an early, I guess, never Trumper. I don't really like that label, but it's an accurate one. When I was in Congress, never came around to supporting him and have remained a vocal critic. My decision to vote for Andrew Gillum was in part rooted in that. It is a rejection of Trumpism within the GOP and specifically Trump surrogates. And in the candidacy of Ron DeSantis, we have probably one of the strongest surrogates we've ever seen. Recall, this is a a city member of Congress who put his infant child in a TV commercial instructing him to build the wall and reading to him from Donald Trump's uh, playbook, if you will. There are a lot of reasons why I would reject Ron DeSantis. Uh, At the same time, listen, there is a message of of hope and opportunity we're hearing from Andrew Gillum. And I will tell you, I do not embrace every one of his platform issues. I am not a progressive. Uh, I am certainly more moderate. But in the state of Florida, we know should he win, we will have divided government as well at the state level. And so I think, you know, I don't worry as as a right of center moderate, if you will, that all of a sudden Florida will become California, like many Republican candidates try to warn today about the candidacy of Andrew Gillum. Right, and they talk, uh, obviously, nationally, there's been about a blue wave you know, election, but how do you think the red tide and Algel Bloom impacting both of Florida's coasts is going to impact elections in the home state, in your home state this year? You know, red tide's an interesting issue. It's, it's a water quality issue. You can smell it when you come outside, I'll tell you, as both a staffer as well as a member of Congress, I worked on that issue uh, with NOAA. There is no research answer to it. And so it is being used as a political messaging uh, matter, if you will. I would say neither party, no one candidate bears responsibility for red tide. Uh, but it does look, it's a, it's a convenient issue right now in the state of Florida. But speaking politically, macro, 
I do think we have to watch in Florida. We may see a blue wave electorally nationally Tuesday, but we might see a bit of a red wall in Florida. You know, Florida politics, Republicans have, have outworked and outmaneuvered Democrats for a couple decades, and it will be interesting to see if they can stop the tide in Florida or if this is a year Democrats pull off some statewide wins. Right. And then talking about that, what is your take on the other Florida cabinet positions, attorney general, CFO, ag commissioner? Um, do you think that a rising tide will lift one or more Democrats into those high ranking state jobs as well? You know, I think it's trickier because down ballot candidates have a nearly impossible time in Florida of getting their message and even their name recognition up among your medium information voters. But the constituency I'm looking for and the delta in this race it starts at the top of the ballot. How many Republicans are actually going to vote for an Andrew Gillum or a Bill Nelson, but specifically an Andrew Gillum, as a rejection of Trumpism, you know, as I did? And why that matters is if the top of the ticket, say a Ron DeSantis or a Rick Scott, but particularly DeSantis, if his numbers among Republicans fall below the 90 percent mark, then that's the delta, I think, that could put Gillum over the line and might carry Nelson over the line as well. And with with Nelson, obviously, it's an expensive and close race with Governor Scott. Uh, nearly every poll shows Nelson leading just by a little bit. And Politico's Mark Caputo wrote a story about Scott literally, quote unquote, battling the polls. Do you think voters will keep Nelson? You know, this is going to be a tough one. Rick Scott, whatever you think of his politics, is an incredibly data driven, disciplined campaigner. And he does not put himself in vulnerable situations is one of the criticisms of him. And so I think where Ron DeSantis uh, is a relatively weak statewide candidate. Rick Scott is a, a very formidable candidate. I, I am curious about the last-minute investment, I believe, of about $12 million Rick Scott just put in his race. And the reason that matters, Ferdinand Armandi, who you might see on, on MSNBC sometimes, he's a pollster in Miami, retold the story eight years ago when Rick Scott was down in the polls with a week to go and asked some of the pollsters, how much money do I have to put in to get us over the finish line? And so he stroke a big check that last week. I think Rick Scott sees the polls and he just deployed $12 million of his own money. And there's a reason why he did it. He is so precise. He didn't just do that out of a panic. Uh, look, I think Andrew Gillum in many ways has helped Bill Nelson because it injected a lot of energy on the left. I this one's going to come down to the wire. I'm not sure Rick Scott's ever won a race with more than 50%. If he did, it was barely. And I think this race is shaping up to be the same way between Nelson and Scott. Just as a curiosity, especially since you're a former member of Congress, what do you think is going to happen? And I know probably I hate answering this question myself, um, but what do you think is going to happen in regards to the Mueller probe after elections here? You know, one thing Bob Mueller has done, though he's gone silent leading into the election, is he has been the timeliness of some of his revelations have usually followed moments where the White House gets more aggressive against him. I think Bob Mueller knows that at any given moment he could be out of a job. Frankly, I think it's why he referred so many matters to the Southern District of New York so that those matters would continue if Mueller is fired. I do think Donald Trump, we know the one thing he cares about is Donald Trump and and second would be his children. And I think he's going to look to have Mueller dismissed sooner rather than later. And I think, look, we don't know how Tuesday's gonna come. I think people are both optimistic and anxious. If Republicans were to hold a majority in, on Tuesday, I'm afraid we need to watch out because I think Donald Trump would consider that a mandate. And I think it's just it's going to be a barn burner in Washington and he's going to go completely unchecked after the election. 
Right, and I tell people, you know, sprint through the, the finish line and, and make sure we play play as if we're behind uh, the entire time because it's, uh, it's a tough road, and you never know. I, I mean, I've worked on probably over a 1,000 races, and I never have been able to tell, no matter how much of a front runner or behind they are, never have been actually able to tell if they're going to win or not until it's actually election day. Um, so it, it's it's definitely tough. And, and are you spending any time in Florida leading up to the elections here? Are you in D.C.? No, Florida's still my full-time home, but for doing some TV work largely in New York. And, you know, to your point, in Florida specifically, we are seeing turnout numbers like we're seeing across the country, unlike anything we've seen, which is why pollsters, I think, are having such a difficult time. We love to follow them, but the axiom's true. The only one that matters is Election Day. We have no idea how to model the current turnout and what to compare it to. Do the independents go dramatically towards one side or the other? As do we see, as I mentioned, attrition among Republicans who just perhaps they undervoted in the in the Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump race and are saying, I'm never going to do that again. And they're willing to pull the lever for a Democrat. We have no way to know. I think we're all going to be just a little bit surprised come Tuesday night one way or the other. And what, where can people follow you on the, the Twitter and everywhere else? I'm I'm of the generation that didn't grow up with social media or even email, so I have one platform, and it's Twitter, David Jolly FL. Okay. I would also encourage you. I I just debuted a new radio show on News Talk Florida statewide in Florida, but we we live stream it on my website, DavidJolly.com, weekdays from one to three. We'll make sure to share that website with uh, everybody, uh, the listeners of our show as well. And uh, I appreciate your hard work for our democracy. I appreciate you stepping up because I know as a person who's been attacked by the Russian government and other people in public, uh, I, I, I would agree that it's a, it's not an easy thing, especially if you were a Republican. It cannot be easy um, to, to have to push back against your own party. At, at the same time, uh, it, it takes it takes guts to, to do it in the first place. And, and I appreciate what you've done for our country. Um, last question for you. Uh, any plans to run in the future? You know, I don't know. I didn't get into politics just to run for office. Uh, I do think just in my gut, I'll be on the ballot again. I don't know for what office, when that would be. But I say when I'm on the ballot again, it will be disruptive. (laughs) I I have no interest in conventional politics. It's why I've engaged as I have. And I would say, listen to to each one of your your listeners. uh, We are all in this together. And I think we're all exhausted. Uh, And I appreciate, Scott, your encouragement to me. But I think we all need a little bit of encouragement because the one thing we know is if your voice goes away, then we lose. We lose. And as exhausting and frustrating as it can be, it's important we all stay in the arena because we're fighting for something we believe in. And we're fighting for something that we've been given the right to fight for. And and that's a time we're living in a time where we need to step up and use those rights we have to speak truth to power. I appreciate what you're doing, the opportunity to share some time with you. Thank you, David. Or oh, see, I uh, I called you by your first name, Congressman. You're so <laughs> you're so nice and, and agreeable. It's just uh, it, it's easy to fall that way. But uh, Congressman, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Good to be with you. Thanks, Scott. I'd like to thank former Republican Congressman David Jolly for joining the show. Don't forget to do what you can in the next hundred hours. It's coming. Tuesday is around the corner. Do what you can. Make sure you vote. Make sure you push all your friends and family to vote. We got this, and Tuesday is ours, as long as we keep working. It all depends on what we do between now and Election Day. That's what produces the results. 
and I think our hard work is about to pay off, but we'll see. I'm not going to slow down. I'm not going to stop working. I'd like to thank my producer, Grant Stern. You can follow him on Twitter at Grant Stern. Thanks again for listening. Onward!